You're listening to episode 40 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. I love today's episode because it's about as real as it gets, guys. I had Michaela Quinn on the show and she's the go-to expert who teaches moms how to build a profitable freelancing business from the ground up. But on today's episode, it was not just Michaela and I. Her baby was there too. And my kids were sleeping in the other room, so there was always the chance for them to be screaming. So this episode is real. You're going to hear the coos and the cries. But it's perfect because it's all the evidence that you need that you can build your dream no matter what you have going on in your life, no matter what your environment's like, no matter what you're juggling. So if you're either someone who's looking to explore freelancing as a way to make an income or to build up more income so you're able to leave your current or full-time job, or you're a business owner who really wants to scale things to the next level and it's time to bring on freelancers and to help bring in the right people into your business to help you take things to the top, this is your episode. Today's review comes from Maui Sunset. That sounds pretty good right about now. It's entitled, Elizabeth Articulates What Your Soul Believes. Wow, pretty cool title. I like that. She says, Liz has been my mentor for the past four years. She's a breath of fresh air, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to learn from her on a weekly basis through this podcast. If you have big dreams, a big heart, and a strong work ethic, subscribe. Thanks so much for your review. I really appreciate it. And remember, guys, when you leave a review, leave your Instagram name so I can shout it out here because your mission becomes my mission. So in giving you a little shameless plug, I'm so happy to do that. So be sure to leave it and I'll shout it out to the masses. Thank you for your review. I appreciate these so much. I do have to admit, it feels very strange reading reviews about myself, but the reason I like to share them is because I just, that's my way of letting you guys know how much I appreciate this and how much I appreciate you. I mean, it takes time to go to iTunes and leave a review And I'm grateful for that because I know your time is precious and spread thin, I'm sure. Let's get on to the show. Okay, so there's nothing more that I love than having someone on the show, a mom no less, who took an idea and turned it into a business and kind of walked that road of entrepreneurship to get to where they are today. So we are all about taking passions and purpose and bringing them into that profitable spot. So you're the perfect person to have on, Michaela. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I am so excited to be here. So we'll preface this episode with a couple things. One, you're talking to two moms who currently are operating out of their homes, their businesses out of their homes, and Michaela has her baby until right now, and my three kids happen to be sleeping, but that could change it any moment. So you might hear giggles, screams, all of the above in the background. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much I'm excited to dive into today with you. But before I start peppering you with all the questions, tell us more about you. Like what did that road that led you here? What did that look like in the beginning stages before you had this business off the ground? So I like to tell people that I knew three things growing up. I knew that I wanted to get married. I knew that I wanted to be a mom and I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. And I'm one of those lucky people that like 
everything that they dreamed of when they were little, like it all kind of happened. I met my husband in college. We both went to Kansas State University. He was two years older than me. The very first night out of college, like my first night of like true freedom, parents dropped you off. First party night, I walked into a house with all of my friends and my husband was dancing on a table singing to Sweet Caroline. And anyway, sorry, that's just- I love it. Of how we met, but met him. I got my job. He went on to law school. And then when he graduated, we got married. So I became a teacher. I taught high school English for four years. And then my first year of teaching, I planned my wedding and I loved teaching. I loved planning my wedding, but I loved teaching. It was awesome. It was like everything that I wanted to do since I was a little girl. My mom was a teacher too. And I would take all of her school supplies, her leftover school supplies and leftover materials. And I had my own classroom in the basement. And I played school like in my summers. And my allowance money went to the teacher supply store where I bought stuff for my fake classroom. So everything was great and perfect until I got pregnant with my daughter. And that happened really quickly after my wedding. Um, So my second year of teaching, I got married and we got married in September. Well, I got pregnant either the day of or the day right after my wedding, probably a little TMI there. But (laughs) my daughter McLaren was born nine months and two days later. And the moment I found out I was pregnant, I kind of started to rethink everything that I thought I wanted. I thought that I you know, wanted to be a teacher forever. And I taught in a Catholic school and our kids were going to go to Catholic school. And I just, just teach at the school that they went to and we'd get tuition for free and all would be well. Well, when it came time to start thinking about like daycares and looking into that, I just got anxious and mad. And like, I was like, well, maybe I don't want to work. Maybe I want to be a stay at home mom. And the conversations with my husband around that topic got really heated because we not only did we just get married, we just found out we're pregnant, but we just bought a house. And while we were house hunting, I talked him into buying the house that was just right outside of the top of our price range. So it was a stretch. And I was like, it'll be great. We can do it. And then a few months later, I'm trying to tell him like, hey, I want to quit my job. How are we going to make this happen? And he's like, well, we don't. You work. And that was like a ongoing conversation while I was pregnant, just kind of like in the back of my mind, I was like, he's going to come around. Like something's going to happen. We'll figure it out. But it didn't because we, I mean, we broke everything down looked at our budget and we would have to sell our house that we just moved into. And it just, that wasn't really an option for us. So I had my daughter, she was born in June and I went back to work in early October And that was the worst year, the worst, like I say year, but I meant like the worst school year of my life. I hated every single day of dropping her off at daycare, saying goodbye to her, trying to fit pumping in. And then like my supply dropped and she wouldn't take bottles, just all of these things. And it just became a really, really dark place for me that year. And I felt stuck. And then because I felt stuck, I blamed my husband. And then like, it was just, I'm sure other people listening, maybe, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you've kind of experienced that too or not, but I got to this turning point where I realized, okay, I either have to do something about this, like figure out a solution. You've got a problem, Nikayla, figure out a solution or get over it because your attitude and how you are acting and your just like how everything is right now is not healthy for you, your family and your children. 
And so I started looking at ways to become a work at home mom probably around December of 2000. Let's see, McLaren was born in 2015. So it would have been December of 2015. She would have been just about six months old on Christmas break. So, like, home for two weeks was the best two weeks of my life until I had to go back in January. Yep. (laughs) But I was on break, like, it was finals time. I can remember starting to look like ways to be a work at home mom, how to be a stay at home mom and make money. And at first, everything I found was just not what I was looking for. And I started to just tell people in my real life, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I want to work from home. I want to be able... I don't want to do one of the call center type jobs. I don't want to be an employee of someone. I want to be able to work when I want. I want to make my own schedule. I want the kids at home. But I also want to make really good money. And okay, when I said really good money, I meant like replace my teacher income, which... That's really good money when you're starting something on your own, I will say. Yes. You know, like when you're getting it out of the gate, totally respectable to aim for that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm totally transparent with numbers and what I was making and all of that. I just needed to replace like $2,000 a month. And finally, after lots of, yeah, people laughing in my face, like, haha, that doesn't exist. I tried a bow business. Bows did not retire me from teaching, but someone finally told me about this website called hiremymom.com, which was just a online job source board for moms. Now I don't really know if it's a good use of time. So if you're someone who's like searching for your thing, I I don't fully recommend it now. And this isn't like an endorsement of it. It was great four years ago. I don't know that it's still what I would send people to, but it was just this online job source board for virtual, flexible, independent contract positions for moms. And at this point, I didn't even realize I was starting a business. It was just, I need to make $2,000. How am I going to do it? okay, this is one way. Awesome. So for the first three months, I was applying to all of these different positions, stuff like admin assistant, marketing director. I had no marketing experience at all, but the job position and description sounded good and sounded interesting. There was like proofreading and editing positions, which I was like, hey, I'm a high school English teacher. I could totally proofread and edit some stuff for some people. And I, for the first three months, it was, it was literally just straight up crickets, not even like a, hey, awesome, thanks. We'll, we're interested in talking to you more, just nothing. And then like the second three months, I started honing in more on my cover letter and making each of those like really specific to the job position. And then I finally started to get some interviews and some callbacks. And from there, then it was like, okay, I was down to like the top three. And finally, after seven long months of not getting hired, not landing one job, one position, I got my first client. And I didn't even really know what freelancing was at this time, but I was hired by a business coach and I was her virtual assistant. Okay. So you taught, I have to highlight a couple of things you said, because I feel like they're so important for the listeners to pick up no matter where they're at in their journey. The first thing that really stuck out to me is that you started applying for stuff. And one of the things you said was like, yeah, there was a marketing position. I didn't have any marketing experience, but I applied. I think so often women will not apply for things that they don't think they're a hundred percent qualified for. And there's actually data that shows that men are very different than that. They will see a position and they will apply for it. Even if they have maybe 30% of what's required because they know that they'll learn on the job. And I love that you kind of channeled that masculine energy and said like, listen, I've got a goal. I have a vision for my life. I need to replace 
2000 bucks a month. That's my initial goal. That's my initial driver. I'm going to do whatever it takes because so many people in your position, Michaela, they would have stopped at the point where their husband replied and said, sorry, you have to keep working. You yeah. realize that you had to keep working, but it could be on your terms if you're willing to do what it's t- what it takes to shift things and do it differently. So yeah. I, I love that about you. And I love that we're talking about that today because I know so many people listening in feel like they're in that place where it's like, yeah, but I need money. Okay, well, there are things that you can be doing on the side, figuring out how to use your skill sets. Like you also mentioned how you're like, okay, I could do some editing and stuff because I have these skills that could translate to that. So you just, you learn on the go and you have to be willing to step into roles that you aren't ready for. And I love the saying that says, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. So you will step into that role and grow into the person necessary to handle that role. So I just Mm. have to commend you for that and thank you for sharing that. And so, okay, you're at this place now where you get your first client seven months into like trying to figure this thing out. I'll also want to just like clap for you for continuing (laughs) for seven months, even when nothing, you know, was sticking. What did that look like once you got that client? First of all, did you like pee your pants? Like, were you super excited, super nervous? What did that feel like? At first it was like, oh my God, this is, this is happening. And then it was, am I going to have time? And I panicked at first. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to help her. She hired me for 10 hours a week, which looking back now, I laugh like fitting 10 hours into your schedule is yes, I was a mom. Yes. I had a full-time job, but it was very doable. And when you just find, like, I just found the little pockets of time where I could do, okay, an hour here, an hour there and made it work. And it was like pure celebration. Like, holy moly, my husband, Colin, was like, wow, someone's going to pay you to do all of these things? It was like, check her email inbox, schedule some social media posts, make some graphics. He was like, that is incredible. There's a mentor of mine that talks about the fact that incredible things in your life are going to come from one of two areas. Either it's going to come from a place of desire, inspiration, or or vision, or something like that, or it's going to come from a place of desperation. And I feel like you had those two worlds kind of collide. Oh, yeah. You know, you had this vision for like getting out of that rat race and, and not wanting to have to drop your daughter off at daycare and this desire for a different life and a better life and goals that you were setting monetarily to make that come to life. But there was also this desperation that kind of came from those same things. And I think a lot of people get trapped in the desperation and think they forget to take action on it. They think Mm -hmm. they have to be someone that they're just not that person yet. So they're not capable of, of taking action yet. And the fact that you kind of stepped into this world and just started doing those things, like I'm sure you hadn't necessarily managed someone else's social media, but that's something you can easily learn. And there are so many resources available now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I knew nothing on my interview. I remember her being like, okay, so what do you know about LinkedIn? What do you know about Facebook? What do you know about Instagram? And I was just like, well, I know them from the user perspective. And I did my best to translate how my teaching experience has kind of molded me to be an awesome social media manager. As a teacher, one of my biggest strengths and biggest roles was to get kids talking about ancient literature. I taught world lit class, which is like the least favorite 
English class of all the classes. <laughs> this is like Oedipus and Beowulf and old, old, old stuff. Shakespeare. Yeah, I would have hated you in that class. <laughs> <laughs> yes, lots, lots of kids did. Um, but I got them talking about the literature. And so I was like, if I can get these kids who don't want to talk about this, I can come in and get people who are following you who want to have conversations around your topic. I can get them talking. Yes, that is beautiful because every single person out there has that same ability. We all have different life experiences, different things that we've overcome in our lives. Maybe it's not like technical training that we've had. Maybe it's just we've persevered through something in our childhood or we've seen certain things and been able to shift our perspective to the positive. Or maybe we have had, you know, like you in that class, it's so many people forget to see that parallel. Like that's incredible that you saw like, okay, well, no, I don't know too much about social media management or getting people to engage on something, but I have, have I ever gotten people to engage on something else in another area? And you were able to see that that parallel. And that's incredible because then you started to apply it. So what, what happened from there when you started with that first client, uh, when you were working through some of the kinks, starting to take on new roles that were, you know, you were kind of a novice at, how did that grow? What did that look like? So first of all, I mean, she was an awesome first client. She would create little loom videos for me that just walked me through anytime it was something new that I haven't done before or some sort of system or software. She would create a quick two-minute tutorial. Hey, Michaela, this is what I need you to do. She walked me through it, sent it, and then I just had to do it. And it was it was super easy for me to just f- follow those instructions. And as our relationship and the trust between us built up, my role within her business grew as well. So then she she started to hand me over more projects and the amount of hours that I was working with her increased and... One of the projects that she assigned me was basically to become her Facebook group community manager. She had this Facebook group that she would use like lots of people do to build that community, but also to funnel people into her paid programs. But running a Facebook group is a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of energy. So she tasked me with the job of kind of like revising hers. It had stalled a little bit. So she sent me a course was that was on how to grow an engaged Facebook group, sent me the course and then sent me some groups that she wanted me to join to go kind of follow and see what other people were doing, how they were creating engaged groups and then put together a plan to implement for her group. I loved it. It was like one of my favorite jobs ever. And from there, I found this whole entire world of online business of thousands of moms around the world who were doing similar things to what I had I had done. They were working in their jobs and wanted something more and they started their own business even though I didn't really realize I was starting a business at that time. And it was like a light bulb that went off that was like okay, I have this one client. I can find more and if she's paying me $500 a month, then I could find another client that pays me the same. I'm halfway to my goal. And then I, so I was working with her and then it just kind of was like a snowball. And then within maybe one month, I had two other clients. One was a paleo doctor. We were not a good fit. (laughs) That lasted for like a month and a half. The other was a 
another online business coach. She taught people, her audience was mostly older. She worked with people kind of teaching them after injury or older age, how to like move your body and regain like mind, body, and spirit type of stuff. And then I I had those three clients and it kind of stalled for a little bit. And then I invested in my, uh, invested in a program to help me like up level my skill set. It taught me digital marketing and all of these things. And once I signed up for that program, I signed up for that in January within two months of signing up for that program. It was working 15 to 20 hours a week as a freelancer, as a freelance virtual assistant slash social media manager and making three to $3,500 a month. Wow. Uh, which we were just looking to make the 2000 a month. And it was just, yeah. And as a teacher, I was working 50 to 60 hours a week. I, I taught the honors kids. I taught English. There's lots of grading, lots of reading. And I made $2,000 roughly before taxes. As a freelancer, I was able to make way more in about a third of the time. Yeah, that's incredible. I want to talk through some of these things that you mentioned because they really stick out to me. I know for you, it's like part of your story. So it's, it comes naturally, but I want other people to recognize, first of all, business owners. I think that first client that you took on was a great, you got really, you were really blessed in having that first client who made it easy for you to learn. But I love for people, business owners and for brands that are hiring people, make sure you take note of what Michaela said about how that person made it easy for Michaela to take on these responsibilities, like making those little videos to train you and having those open lines of communication and finding ways to get you higher education on what you were doing so that you could perform better, like giving you that course. So those are things that I always try to do in my business. And I think sometimes people bring on, and you've probably experienced this, they bring on a freelancer and they say, okay, jump into the deep end with no swimmies, good luck. And it can be really challenging for the freelancer or the VA that's coming on who really doesn't know the brand yet, doesn't know the business and doesn't really know how you want things done. So I think that's a, that's an important piece for those listening who are thinking about bringing people into their business. And you mentioned that the second person you brought on, the paleo doctor, was not a good fit. Give me, talk about this real quick because I'm sure you've worked with a lot of different people now. Giving yourself permission to let go of the people who are not the ones that you're called to serve. Talk about that. Oh my gosh. It was such a hard decision because I wanted so much to replace my income. And this was only my second client and I wasn't at my goals. So the logical side of my brain was telling me, you are crazy. You cannot walk away from this client. You cannot walk away from this money. It's going to like ruin you. Everyone's going to know that you quit or couldn't handle it. And that's going to prevent you from ever getting clients in the future. Well, no one knew except people know, now know because I tell them about it. But I, I had to because that client was causing me so much stress. I was not passionate about his business. I didn't have any interest in what he was doing. And the way he worked and his team that I was working with, they were very disrespectful and talked down to me a lot when I had some of those questions. And they didn't do any of that. Like, oh, here's a video. Here's what we want you to do. They just threw me a project and they were like, we want you to take over our affiliate program. And I'm like, I don't even know what an affiliate program is. 
and they didn't provide any resources. And they wanted they wanted me to do all of these things in Entreport, which is now a system I now use, but they provided no resources for me to learn. And when I would ask questions, they would get snippy and be like, it's not my job to answer your questions, blah, blah, blah. And after one day, I was, I remember I was at gymnastics with my daughter and one of his like in-office assistants called me and was really rude. And I was just like, I hung up and I was like, you know what? I'm quitting. Like, this is not worth it. I am replacing my income. I'm wanting to work on home. I'm wanting it to be on my terms. I don't have to work with people I don't like. Yes. That aren't a good fit. And there's probably someone out there that would do a much better job with that business and that client than I was. And so I had to walk away and it was okay. Yeah. And I, I know that feeling and I know the feeling of being in the beginning stages of a business where I always tell people like if they had a pulse, they could get my business. Like I, I wanted to work with them and that ultimately ended up leading to my building a business that was not freeing, which was the ultimate goal for me. And it was actually just as much of a trap as the business that I had left the corporate world. Mm -hmm. So the fact that that early on you could make that decision, I think speaks volumes to the vision that you had for what you were doing and the integrity of showing up for the right people and showing up for the wrong people would take away from showing up for the right people. So I know now your business has kind of morphed and you actually teach other people to do what you've been doing. Is that right? Yes. So you have online courses Mm -hmm. and tell us a little bit about your business model now. How did it kind of morph from the one-on-one clients, which is a tough thing to scale since the show Mm -hmm. is scaling up. I talk to people all the time, like the one-on-one clients, you got to find some other passive income streams because otherwise you're going to be trading dollars for hours continuously. So how did that kind of grow into what it is today? So it happened much faster than I envisioned. I had always wanted to, like, I remember as it was like my last two months of teaching, showering and being like, I am so lucky. I know there's other moms out there. I want to help them in some capacity at some point, probably in three to five years, I'll be able to do that. That was like what I told myself, but it happened much faster. I, as a new mom, I was one of the first in my friend group to have kids. And so I didn't have a ton of like mom friends. And so someone introduced me to like the world of online mom Facebook groups that are, that aren't business related, but are just straight up like for moms to come in and hang out and ask questions like, Hey, do I need to call the doctor? Like, yes, you, you need to call the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And in those groups, as I was in them, I just, I found that there were lots of people asking, Hey, I want to work from home. Here's what I want. Here's what I don't want. And I just started answering their questions and telling them about what I do. And this was when I was like very early on, like first client, just answering and saying, hey, here's what I do. Here's you know how you can get more information. And I quickly became known in one of the local Kansas City mom groups as the like go-to person to help people work from home. And that was fine. Like I, I was happy just helping people for free. After like the 10th time I messaged someone, I typed up my story in a Google Doc and I just copied and pasted it each time. But then there was one day there were like 50. And this was probably two months after I quit my teaching job. There were there was a post and I commented. And then there were like 50 moms asking me to message them for more information. And I was like, whoa, I, I can't do this anymore. 
I, I want to help you all, but I can't continue to have these one-on-one conversations. So I created a Facebook group and just went in with like, oh, I can help all of you at once. And you're all going to have the same questions probably or similar questions. And when you ask questions, everyone else will benefit from seeing you ask them. And so I did that. And then that group like grew to 300 people really super fast because I just on that thread, I was like, Hey, okay, I'm going to start a group. Everyone who wants to join, here's the link. I'll come answer your questions here. And then that quickly turned into, okay, I've got to do a course. I quickly realized that I could not manage a course business and do my client work. And so I had the realization that, okay, Michaela, you have the skills of that. You have the teaching skills. You also have this knowledge of starting a freelance business from home around your kid's schedule. So you can combine both and now teach other people how to do what you, what you do. And that was about two years ago. It'll be two years this September will be the like two-year anniversary of my first course. And from there, it's just kind of exploded. And I feel like it's been a long time. But then when I think about it, it's, it's happened pretty fast. Yeah, I bet. I can't believe how it all came to be like from that Facebook group. It's just testament to like when you just give and give and give, ultimately it's going to come back. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you built. All right, so let's talk freelancing for a second. For the people listening who are considering it and they're like wanting to get out of their job and they're looking for ways to bring in income and utilize their skill sets similar to what you did, where's a good place to start for them? So the first thing that I typically have people start with is something that I call my brainstorming guide. And it's basically just figuring out what are your marketable skills. And everyone has marketable skills, no matter if you are a stay-at-home mom, you're a teacher, you're a nurse, you have something that you are good at that business owners will hire you to do for them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many different types of businesses out there, types of needs that are, need to be met, whether it's something as simple as like organizing and planning all the way to writing copy and everything in between graphics and so on. So on the other end of the spectrum with the people who have a business and are considering hiring someone or they know it's about time that they start outsourcing things because they're drowning where is a good place to start for them when it comes to seeking out people that they can trust to bring into their business? I think that's the big fear. I know it was for me when I started. It was like, okay, I know I'm at this point now where I've scaled to a place where I need more people and more hands on deck, but I'm terrified to let, like, it was my baby. Like, how do I let people in to something that is so precious to me and that my name is on? So where's a good place that they can start? So I have another brainstorming guide. I've got a brainstorming guide for both ends of the spectrum. On one hand, it's going to help you figure out what your skills are. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, for the businesses that are potentially looking to hire, I have a brainstorming guide that will help you figure out what your gaps are and what position makes the most sense for you to hire first. And I'll just speak to that, like being ready to hire and like needing to hire, but being scared to. I quickly realized early on when I stepped into the role of fully being a business owner and like acknowledging that I was a business owner and looking to grow and scale that there are so many things to do. And I have big dreams. I want to grow an extremely profitable business that impacts potentially millions of people. But I 
a hundred percent want to be present with my children. I want to work a part-time schedule. And so for me early on hiring was a, it was a Mm non-negotiable and each hire I have made has directly impacted my revenue growth. And I think when you hire the right person for the right position, it makes such a bigger difference. And a lot of the women that I work with, they're not an expert copywriter. They're not an expert Pinterest or web designer or tech person, but they are my ideal client. And so they understand my business. They believe in my business because a lot of them were women that took my course. That was kind of fun. I've got, I got to see like, okay, who has amazing drive? Who has an amazing work ethic? And who can I, who do I trust and who can I reach out to, to hire? And so my very first hire was one of the first 10 women that enrolled in my course. And we've been working together. It'll be two years in September, October. That's awesome. And she's grown from First, she started out doing some Pinterest and VA stuff to tech, and now she does all of my project management and web design and sales funnel building, everything. So your brainstorming guide that you have for people kind of on both ends of that spectrum, is that something that we can, I can use as a freebie for our audience? Absolutely. I would love to share those with your listeners. Awesome. I know they will greatly appreciate that guide. So a couple things that I always like to have, I like to ask the people that are on the show, who has inspired you in this journey? Like it can be people in your immediate circles or even people from afar. I know now we have so many mentors that don't even know our name, but they've made a huge impact in our lives. It might be cheesy. So absolutely. One of my mentors has been Dana Malstaff. She runs the Boss Mom Movement and the Boss Mom Facebook group. That was one of the first Facebook groups that I joined when I was working on that project for my client, gosh, like three and a half years ago. And when I first joined that group, I was so amazed. And like, I, I'm just here kind of as a spy. I'm never going to be here as one of these business owners. But it's, it's funny how things work because Dana became my business coach. And she really helped me to get focused on my goals and take strategic action each day to reach, reach the goals that I set for, for my business. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so, so important to not go this alone and try and be an island in the process of building something, especially something you've never built before. When you have right. a, the, like a, this big, beautiful vision for your life to try and then piecemeal all the things together without having someone in your corner who believes in your mission to guide you through it. It makes all the difference. And she was someone who had done exactly what I wanted to do, but with, with different markets. And I would invest back in her coaching hands down time and time again. The other thing I was going to say though, that kind of like the cheesy version of my inspiration and who's inspired me is my daughter. And I like to, I tell people a lot, part of my why is not oh, I want to I make money. And it's not just the revenue aspect of you know, why we run businesses. We have to have a deeper, deeper vision and a deeper why beyond that. And I quickly realized why I am starting a business. And it's not so much just for me, but who I want my daughter to be. When I first started my business in high school, like growing up, I was never a super confident person. Mm -hmm. I was more of a like follower and I had the, 
I had the desire to be a leader and do something different, but I was always too scared to put myself out there. And there were there were a couple of times where I, you know, did try, okay, maybe I'll I'll try out for this or I'll I'll do this. And it didn't go my way. And so for a long time, I just was like, oh, that's not for me. Like I can't, I can't do anything different. I can't do my own thing. I can't put myself out there. I'm just gonna sit here and, you know, follow what everyone else is doing. But when I had had my daughter and I had that like that desire and desperation and vision, I realized that by me sitting back and not going after that dream, she would see that and it would affect the person that she becomes. And I don't want her to ever be scared to do something in my other kids, future kids. I don't want them to not do something because they're scared. So I can't just hope and pray that my daughter grows up confident. I have to show her what it looks like to take confident action. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think so often when we write that narrative on our lives, you know, like where we have to just be a follower and we'd love to be a leader, but it's scary. So Mm -hmm. it's cool to see that shift in you and how that catalyst was your daughter and your kids. So last thing, where can people find you? Because I know after listening to this, people will want to connect and follow you and poke around and learn more about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, So my website has everything. It's just my name, MichaelaQuinn.com. I hang out a lot on Instagram. I love Instagram stories and also Facebook. I'm I'm kind of like Facebook and Instagram. Those are my two spats. Awesome. And we have to also thank Tommy today for being the absolute biggest trooper ever. You said he's how many months? Nine months? (laughs) He is nine months old and... And he's officially hit his podcasting limit today. He's hit his <laughs> podcast limit. Hey, but he would, he's, it's much better. It's this little booger joining us than my daughter. She would have, <laughs> she would not have been a good guest. Well, I have to thank you for coming on Michaela today. I'm so inspired by your story and, and your transformation through it all. And I'm grateful for you and Tommy coming on the show and sharing that with us because I know it's going to impact those people listening in who are on the cusp of the next thing, like whether it's stepping out from being a follower into a leader and going after those dreams and and pursuing opportunities and businesses that can fit their life, even if life is chaotic, to be able to get out of that nine to five grind that they might not want to be anymore. And those that are listening that are running a business or a brand that have had that fear about bringing people on. Uh, I think you've really spoken well to what's possible when you expand and bring those freelancers on. So thank you for your time. You're amazing. I love what you're doing and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that They are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.